1: I want you to see number one on your notes there. Jesus tells us that there are those who will live in anxiety and with heavy hearts, but he gives, uh, that's, that's a typo, should be gives, but he gives the antidote for it. Amen. He gives the antidote for it. Thank God there's an antidote for it. Luke 21, if you're there, say amen. amen. Luke 21:25. 21:25. 21, 25, there will be Talking, if you know Luke 21, what's Luke 21? It's all about the end times. This is Luke's account of what Jesus talked about, about the end times. There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars. When did that happen? When did that happen? 1968. 1968. Very good. Because this is referring to the time we knew the astronauts would would go to the moon. Be a sign. Be a sign. So there'll be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations. Now, nations just means all ethnic groups. Nobody's left out. That's right. Distress of all nations. Notice this. With perplexity. With what? Perplexity. Another way to say this is the reason there's such a distress among all the nations and they're perplexed, I'll tell you why. Because they have no common sense anymore. No common sense. When you are perplexed about something, you don't even operate with common sense anymore. What's this a result of? The work of the enemy. The work of the Antichrist in the last days. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. That's all the hurricanes. That's all the you know, context of what we're dealing with in relationship to the natural things that are happening in the earth. 26, men's hearts failing them. You'd be shocked how many people are dying It's not being reported. You'd be shocked how many people are just dying that aren't... I mean, the doctors say, we don't even really know what's wrong with them. They just fell dead. Now, I understand some of that can be tied to some things we've talked about. But this is not talking about relating to medical issues. This is just talking about people just falling dead. So again, it says hearts failing them. Failing them from fear and the expectation of those things. Which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I'll do that, Lord. Back up. Men's hearts are failing. Yours may not be. And, and, it, and, and if we learn this, it won't be. <clears throat> why do their hearts, in this verse, why are their hearts failing them? It ain't about COVID. It ain't about a shot. This is about fear. This is about getting in a position of fear. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Great reset. Great Reset. Part of the great reset, all these so-called world leaders that are combining together for this quote-unquote great reset are telling us we have to reduce the population of the earth by 50% within the next number of years. If we don't, the earth's not going to survive. Oh, okay, so who do you start with? I will promise you this, the ones that are telling you it needs to be reduced, they ain't talking about being on the list. Oh, you need me around to tell you who to get rid of. (laughs) Are you listening? Now, folks, this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. Pastor brought up in the webinar. There are people in our government that are now pushing for state-aided suicides. Government-aided suicides. For me and you to pay... For anybody that chooses to want to take their life, that they want to go, they want to leave, but they don't have the guts to kill themselves, so they want to be able to go to a local town authority or a, or a local state and, and have them inject them with something and kill them. Why would somebody want to do that? Perplexities. Yes. Fear. Anxiety. Are you listening? Listen, so it goes on to say very clearly that they do this because of the expectation, verse 26, of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be what? Shaken. Shaken. Notice this, 27. By the way, powers of the heavens, most scholars believe that's not referring to the natural heavens. That's not referring to the stellar heavens. Warfare. Warfare. Demonic warfare. Demons that oversee certain areas in the heavens above the earth. The shaking going is this warfare, this this battle now that's that's taking place. Verse 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Say, Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Notice this. Now when these things begin to happen, underline this next part of the verse, please. Make a note of it. Because here's the here's where you're supposed to pick up on what you need to be doing in the midst of it all. Look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near these perplexities are already happening these signs and the sun and the moon and the stars happening this ongoing sign of the, of the stellar heavens all the sun and moon it's it's happening because we now have somebody who is doing everything he can in his power to make it possible to go live on mars now different than the webinar he's not after martians you're not trying to find some kind of crazy life. He was, I, I watched the interview. He's not a stupid guy. He was asked directly, why do you want to do this? He's, this was his answer. Why not? Mm-hmm. It's there. Why would you not want to try to conquer it? Wow. For him, it's about conquering a planet that nobody's ever lived on before. Right. That's called signs in the stellar heavens, yes. in the sun, in the moon, in all those areas where the stellar heavens are. It's happening. We're already there. <clears throat> you listening? Yeah people are falling dead from fear and expectation of things coming down on the planet. It's already happening. What are you and I supposed to do? Verse 28, look up. Now I want you to make, we're going to come back to this. I want you to make a note of this. Watch what he said. Look up and lift up your heads. Not the same thing. Look up and two separate things. Look up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near. I'll come back to that in just a minute. I want you to move on with me, if you would. Please verse, go down to verse 34. Same chapter, verse 34. But take heed to yourselves. So here's more of what you need to do. <clears throat> take heed to yourselves. See, don't sit here and think, well, this ain't going to get on me. You don't do these things at will. <clears throat> Why would Jesus tell us, look up and lift up your heads. Why would he tell us, take heed to yourselves if you're excluded from this happening to you? No, he's helping you learn how to be able to not be affected by it. Take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. Well, I don't get drunk. Drunkenness doesn't just mean alcohol here. How about intoxicated with the world? Intoxicated with stuff. Intoxicated with having uh, a Facebook page and wanting everybody to like you. You're intoxicated with the wrong thing. That's right. You're trying to find your value and worth in other, pe- other people. And God's already making you value- more valuable than they could ever make you. Amen. For it will come as a snare. It will come as what now? Snare. It'll come as a snare. The return of the Lord on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. More admonition. Verse 36. Watch therefore. Yes. I referred to this this morning. I'm going to come back to this verse 2. Watch therefore and pray always. Ah, once in a while. Ah, oh, when you feel like it. And when you get time. <laughs> no. Pray always. I mean, I don't want to be caught up with all these cares. See, anxiety doesn't mean you have an anxiety attacks. Some people do. But listen, the moment you start worrying about anything in life, that's anxiety. That's anxiety. Start worrying about your kids, worrying about your money, worrying about your future, worrying about your job, worrying about your business. In my case, worrying about your ministry, worrying about your church. See, get involved in worrying about anything. Guess what you're doing? You're getting caught up with anxiety. Right. You know why? Because you're not looking up. You're not lifting up your head. You're not taking heed to yourself. And you're not watching and praying always. Right. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. Now, when Jesus said that, obviously, it hadn't happened yet because he's still here. But we're there. I said, we're there. Notice he said, you need to do this so that you're counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Glory be to God. So I've taught you this before. You should underline this statement that you would be counted worthy to escape all these things. The phrase here to be counted is a horrible translation in the English. Horrible translation. If you look, because counted worthy sounds like I've got to do something to make myself worthy. Worthy enough to God so that when he comes back, I'll be ready. You couldn't do that. or you did, or If you could have done that, you didn't need Jesus. That's right. So that's not what it refers to. Anytime you guys, I've taught you this. Anytime you're reading scripture and you kind of get confused. Wait a minute. I thought I already was worthy with God. You need to dig further because the Bible doesn't uh, contradict itself. Right. You need to figure, what is it exactly saying here? Amen. So this phrase to be counted worthy in the context of the Greek language doesn't say that. It says to have the strength. The original translation says to have the strength to escape all these things. Guess what? If I don't do what he said, I won't have the strength to escape all these things. That's why he told me to do these things. We'll come back to the verses. Look at your notes. 1A. You still with me? Verse 26. Shake your neighbor. So I hope you're paying attention. Uh, 1A, verse 26. The Bible predicts that men's hearts will fail them for fear. They will. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I, I believe there are people dropping dead sadly because of stuff doctors have reported from the, the, from the so-called vaccines, not a vaccine. But people that are, they're not falling dead, you know, weeks and months after they've had it. They're falling dead within days.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about people dropping dead for fear because they get so caught up and so full of anxiety. I believe we had somebody just die for that very reason because they were so depressed and so overtaken by anxiety and depression that all of a sudden their heart gave out. Yeah. Kathy said this afternoon, I believe she died from a broken heart. That's these verses right here, folks. Yes. Well, that won't happen to me. It won't if you do what he said. Come on. Amen. What if you don't do what he said? You're open game. Look, it happened happen to you. Right? So realize the Bible predicts men's hearts will Fail them for fear. One B, verse twenty-six. Again, some hearts will also fail because they fear the things that are what coming down on the earth in the last days. And this people get caught up in a lot of uh, stuff that might some of it be true and some of it might not. But obviously, a lot of conspiracy conspiracy theory things. What was Pastor Words about that? Stay away from all the conspiracy theory stuff. Now, that don't mean some of it may not be true, but be careful what you listen to. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen? I like what, you know, again, I like that statement that I gave you on Wednesday night about the shirt I saw about Noah. Oh, yeah. right. Noah was a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. Then it rained. <laughs> now, why was he not a conspiracy theorist? Because he did what God told him to do. That's right. Like Pastor said in the webinar, some of you are spending so much time looking into all conspiracy theories. What if you spent all that time in the Bible? Right. Right. I won't go back to our, our morning's message. You really need to hear that message. Because I'm telling you, it's the key to whether or not you're going to walk down the pathway God's chosen for you as a vital part of your life day in and day out. Because if you don't practice renewing your mind, when stuff happens, you're not going to respond the way you should. All right, 1C, verse 28, you need to learn to do what? So underline this, please, circle it. You need to do what? Look up. Number two, and do what? Lift up your head, knowing that your redemption draws nigh. I'm coming back to these. Verse 34D, do not let your heart be what? Weighed down with things. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a Bas- uh, Pastor Barclay statement about that. You ready? Maintain a loose hold on everything in the natural. A loose hold. Don't take a tight grip on anything in this world. Maintain a loose hold. There might be things you have to have for your family, for your life. Maintain a loose hold because what if God tells you to let it go? <clears throat> 1 E, verse 36. Watch and pray always that you have the strength to do what again? Yes. Escape all these things that come to pass. So I would encourage you to jot a couple little notes off to the side on your notes here. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Here we go. Verse 28. First thing, look up. So what's that mean? Real simple. What does it mean to look up? It means get your eyes off the world and get your eyes on God. You should be totally focused on God, not the world. So go back to what we've been teaching about having your life fully equipped for what's ahead. Then you know what you're going to be doing if you're looking up? I'll tell you what you're going to be doing. Church is not an option for me. Come on. Spending time fellowshipping with God in the Bible every day, not an option for me. Wow, I'm looking up. What about renewing the mind? Not an option. I'm looking up. So your focus, Colossians says it this way. If you're born again, what should you do? Get your focus upward. In other words, on God. So to look up means get your eyes on God and don't take them off. Because if you're looking up, you're looking to God. You don't look down and look at God. You look up. Not like he's in heaven. I'm just saying he's he's above all things. So you look up. Number two, you also got to do what? Lift up your head. So what does that mean? You ready? So number one, I'll give them to you. Number one, look up means what? What do I got to do? Get your focus on God. Number two, lift up your head. You ready? Number two is saying to you, you got to know your rightful place in God. You've got to. If you don't know your rightful place in God, you're going to be overcome by the things of this world. Lifting up my head means as a believer, I don't walk around defeated. I don't walk around with my head down like this. Oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know who I'm going to talk to. I do what I'm going to do. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No. Lifting up your heads means I know the God whom I serve. I know my rightful place of authority. Looking up focused on him. Lifting up my head means I don't walk around with this down and out attitude because I know who I am and I know what I have. But you got to do that to overcome the anxiety of the last day. Everything about Satan is to get you to look down on yourself. So you got to know who you are. You got to know what you had. You got to know what your rightful place to walk in. That's number two. Moving a little further, verse 34. Number three, take heed yourself. You ready? You ready? I'm going to give you a Barclay quote. Number three, deal with yourself. Deal with yourself. To take heed to yourself means I can only deal with me and evaluate where I am and work out my own salvation. So deal with yourself. If you're not doing the things that you know you need to do to have God your focus and for you to know who you are, deal with yourself. Take heed to yourself. Make changes. If I'm taking heed to me, I'm making changes. I'm working on me. Everybody wants to fix everybody else, but they don't want to fix themselves.
0: You want me to get off
1: of this? See, it's it's always somebody else's problem. Well, let me help you. They 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 may continue to be somewhat of a problem to you in a sense, but the truth is they're really not your problem. It's how you're responding. Paul goes into town to preach the gospel. They stone him. They stone him and leave him for dead, drag him outside the city. You know what Paul could have done? Paul could have said, they're the problem. But he didn't. You know what Paul did? He didn't let that defeat him. Disciples stood around him, prayed, and he goes right back up from the dead. And guess what he did? He ran from that city. No, he walked right back in there. Hey, boys, how you doing? He didn't come back saying, you're the problem. If you would just leave me alone and quit stoning me, I could get this gospel preached. No, he was proven to him. You're not my problem. You didn't hear me. Come on, Pastor. He was proving to them, you're not my problem. Right. Come on. My God's bigger. Yeah. My God's bigger. Yeah, yeah. See, so many people don't want to deal with themselves. They want to make everybody else the problem. Well, if they wouldn't do this, if they just treat me this way, if they would do this instead, if they would be nice, if they would be... Listen, man, all your life, you're going to have people not do what you want them to do. Treat you the way you don't want them to treat you. But if you deal with yourself, it don't have to affect you. You can rise above it. And in many cases, you know what you can do? You can help that person if they're obviously in the wrong to have their eyes open to the wrong they're doing by just loving on them. That's right. That's right. If you don't believe that, what the, the soldiers that pierced Jesus on the cross. Think about that. The soldiers that pierced him on the cross, that one standing right next to him, when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Guess what he said? This must be the Son of God. See, he didn't say, you're my problem, that I'm up here. I'm up here because you're my problem. No, he just focused on what he was supposed to do and honor God and dealt with himself. Are you still here? Say, deal with yourself. If you do these things, you can walk free from this stuff. What's the first one? Wow, we're doing good tonight. That's okay. I got plenty of time, man. Listen, I'm picking up Dr. Barclay tonight, and he don't get in till 1030, between 1030 and 1130, and I'm not going anywhere between now and then until I pick him up, so I got plenty of time. How much time you got? If you got to, look at your notes. Number one, what's the first thing you need to do? Get your focus on God. Number two, lift up your head. Recognize who you are. Don't let the devil put you in a position to put yourself down. Don't belittle yourself. Stand up. Come on, man. Get some backbone about you. Pick your head up. Say, I'm a child of the living God. Don't go around bragging to other people. Just brag to yourself so you can remind yourself, I'm a child of the living God. And when the devil shows up, just say, do you know who I am? Well, I wouldn't say that to the devil. Well, Evidently, Paul did. I said, evidently, Paul did. Come right. on, You listening? Yes. Seven sons of Sceva tried to mess with that demon. Right. Well, Jesus, I know. Oh, he proved himself. Well, Paul, I know. Oh, he proved himself. Come on. Who are you? Right. Right. See, if you know who you are, you know what the demons are going to say? Oh, I know that Shelly. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, no, I know that Charlie. No, 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 no. Now, Tommy, yeah, you know. I'm, so... <laughs> I'm joking. You got to do what? You got to know who you are. You got to walk in the light of who Scripture says you are. Number three, you got to do what? Take heed yourself. Meaning what? You got to deal with yourself so that you don't become weighed down, with carousing, being in places you shouldn't, drunkenness, intoxicated with the world, and getting caught up with the cares of this world. That's number three. Number four, verse thirty-six. Watch, therefore, I've taught you this many times. So I gotta take heed to myself. I gotta acknowledge where I'm at. I gotta deal with myself. I gotta recognize where I'm where I I am, where where I'm at. And then as I do that, number four, I gotta do what? I gotta watch. What does that mean? What does that mean? Stay awake awake spiritually. Do the things that you know you need to do to stay strong spiritually. So when I take heed to myself, I'm recognizing where I am. Say upgrade. upgrade. This is a word for the year, man. So I recognize where I am, but now i got to do what? i got to watch. i got to make sure I'm doing the things. Watching means I'm making sure I'm doing the things spiritually to stay strong and to upgrade my life. Amen. Not watching according to the Bible in context of what it refers to spiritually is you becoming spiritually lazy. Right. Can I give you another word? Foolish virgin. Foolish virgins are not watchers. Wise virgins are. Watch doesn't mean walk around going, he coming any day. I'm watching, man. I'm just watching. Need you to work today. Oh, no, boss. Uh Uh-uh. No, my pastor said, my pastor said, I got to watch. So I'm watching. I'm just looking everywhere all across the sky. I'm just watching. Is that what it means? It means watch your lifestyle and stay spiritually alert. Do the things you need to do to stay spiritually strong. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number five, pray always. We mean pray always. Okay. Define prayer. What's prayer? It is far more than I'm, I'm with you, but it's more than just communication with God. What is prayer? What is prayer? I see you. I see you pointing it out to me, Lakshmi. Huh? It's two-way communication with God. Prayer is conversing with Him. You're not just talking. You're also listening. Two-way. What's this mean? You better be talking to God every single day and listening for God to speak to you, reveal things to you. Yes. You know why? He knows what Satan's trying to set you up for. Amen. That's right. He knows what the devil's going to try to do to set you up for something. Well, guess what? If I'm staying in constant communication with the Father, how hard is it to do that? Well, <clears throat> I think it's pretty hard. No, it's really not. It's really pretty simple. You're going through your day, you're working, praise God. You know what you do? You act like God standing there as your best friend. You just talk to Him. Isn't it cool, God, to be able to have this job I got? Hallelujah. If there's anything you can show me today, Lord, that I need to know while I'm doing this, please show me. I'm so glad you're with me, and I have you in my life, and you're with me everywhere I go. If you want to reveal anything to me, point out anything to me, show me. If I'm being dumb or stupid today, show me. If I said something I shouldn't have said, show me. If I'm not doing what I need to do, show me. But I thank God you're with me. By the way, did did I tell you how great you are? Just want to remind you how grateful that I know that you're a great God. And how wonderful you are. What a blessing you've been in my life. Amen. Just start talking to him. Amen. I said, just start talking to him. Start thanking him for all that he is and all that he's done. Can I get a better amen? amen? And you will have the strength. You will have the strength to escape all these things coming down on the planet in the last days. You ready for him one more time? What is the power of pastoring? Somebody tell me. Repetition. Repetition. That is the power of pastoring. Number one, come on, help me out. <clears throat> meaning what get your eyes focused on God get them off everything else get them focused on God number two lift up up my head meaning what walk in the rightful place you have in God know who you are walk in it don't let Satan bully you number three do what take heed yourself which means what deal with yourself I wish I had a mirror to put in front of every one of you right now. I'd have you look in that mirror and say, I'm going to deal with you. I'm not dealing with them. I'm dealing with me. I'm going to deal with you. That don't mean mean belittle yourself. That don't mean put yourself down. Are you listening? Why does he tell us to deal with ourselves? Let me tell you why. You can't change anybody else. If you could, God could. And if God could, everybody would already be serving God. I'm going to give you marriage couples a great insight right now. You ready? Stop trying to change your spouse. Right. Well, I'm telling you, Pastor, we need to come to counseling because you really need to deal with them. What are you doing?
0: Right. Dealing with
1: them. You're trying change them. to change, change your spouse. I had somebody here uh, not too long ago say, you know, I'd come to, I'd come to uh, counseling, but it doesn't do any good. I said, I'm going to tell you why. Because you come to counseling for the sole purpose of me trying to correct your spouse. Oh, oh my goodness. You don't come to hear about all the things you need to do to fix what you need to do. Your whole focus is, now see, if you just get them fixed, we'll get this problem over with. <laughs> and it got real silent when I said that on the phone. I said, tell me I'm wrong. No response. You know why? Because I've done this long enough to know. You don't come to counseling and say, well, we've gone to counseling, but it don't work. I'm going to tell you why it don't work. Because you're trying to change somebody else instead of you. And when I tell you what you need to do to change you, you don't want to do what I tell you to do, according to the Bible, that you need to change you. If you don't want to do that, you aren't going to fix yourself. Take heed to yourself. I said take heed to yourself. Amen. Go ahead, tell your neighbor, say, I'm not thinking about you right now. I'm thinking about about me. me. Say it, deal with yourself. yourself. Amen? Amen. What number was that? What number was that? That was number three. (laughs) Thank you. Where are you all going, man? Next one, number four. You got to watch. Got to watch, therefore, meaning what? Stay spiritually awake. Do the things you know to strengthen yourself spiritually. Stay spiritually awake. That's number four. We ain't got the five yet. Y'all, number five. That was number three. What's number five then? Stay in constant communication with headquarters. Draw close to your God. Talk to your God. Get to know your God. Amen? You do those five things, you'll have the strength. The strength to overcome what's coming down on the planet. And don't worry, I'm not going to preach that long on all these other points. But that's the key points that you get, you got to learn. Because if you don't get those down, guess what? I'll guarantee you what? You're going to wind up getting caught up with cares. Amen. John 14. I've known people in ministry got so caught up in ministry, I know personally of a story of which the spouse told me the story. So I know it's true. They said, my spouse died because they took on the care of the ministry. They took on the care of the ministry. And this thing that we were dealing with wasn't going right. And we had all kinds of problems. And it just became this big burden on them and it killed them. So I'm going to tell you folks, I don't care who you are. If you don't do these things that Jesus warned us about... Guess what? You're not going to escape these things coming down on the planet. God is not the one that caused that anxiety and problem in his life. Amen. He allowed that by not doing what he needed to do to get rid of it, sadly. Amen. John 14. We're going to John 14. Number two in your notes. The Lord himself tells us not to allow or to let. He tells us not to allow or let our hearts to be troubled. So if that's the case, it means that I could or I, could or I don't have to. It's up to me. Say, it's up to me. John 14, 1, let not. So let not means you can. It means you can let your heart. But he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, do what? He lost all in me. Verse 16, same chapter. Drop down to verse 16. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that he may do what? You're going to see why in a minute. He'll abide with you forever. Notice what happens when this helper comes. Verse 27, same chapter. Peace I leave with you. There's the helper. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not, there it is again. Let not your heart be what? Troubled, neither let it be what? So we can let our hearts be troubled and we can let our hearts be afraid. But we have a helper who has peace within our heart. Who, who, If we do what Scripture says of the five things we just talked about, we don't have to go there. No. Are you listening? Amen. 2A, evidently we have a choice. I don't think he used the words allow and let by mistake. It's up to us. Say it's up to me. It's up to us whether or not our hearts are troubled or peaceful. Amen. Every day you have a choice. That's right. Every day you have a choice. If you learn to do the things we just talked about, the Holy Spirit will kick in and you're going to walk in great peace. To be the determining factor. The determining factor to this is what we meditate on. Underline that. We started talking about this a little bit this morning. I'm going to get on it again next Sunday because there's more. I just, man, the Holy Spirit just started downloading to me as I was preaching that message. I was like, Lord, I need about three, four hours to get all this (laughs) out. The determining factor is what we meditate on. Notice this. Whatever our mind is concentrating on, that is what is being released into your system. 1C, if you meditate on fears, then anxiety is released throughout your system. If on your problems, worry and so on. However, when you meditate on his word, excuse me, when you meditate on his word, faith can be what? So I barely got to touch on 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 the tip of the iceberg of that today to tie on to what we were talking about. How, pastor, do I practice renewing my mind? And I want to preach on this so bad, but I can't because we've got a different subject, but we're going to tie into this. How do I renew my mind? How do I practice renewing my mind? You spend time fellowshipping God in the Word and things that stand out to you, things you know you need to work on or things you know that are coming alive to you, you take those and you meditate on them once a week. Hey, some of you are paying attention. Amen. You actually listen to what your pastor's saying. Once a month. No, day, and day and night. Day and night. Day, day and night. Day day and night. Day if I start meditating on these truths day and night, guess what my soul now knows? Amen. Guess what my soul now knows? Guess what my soul now knows? Amen. He knows what's of the spirit and what's of the old Adamic nature. <laughs> And if I meditate on those truths day and night, it's going to become a part of what I'm practicing in my soul to discern between good and evil. Come on, book of Hebrews chapter 5. And therefore, if I've done that, I now have exercise practiced through the word, discerning through my senses what is good and evil. So when that thing happens at that very moment of time, my soul is going to immediately know what to do. My, just like the actions I told you about the bull riding, the bareback riding, my uh, my soul's automatically going to know to respond to the word. Because you think about it, like I tried to use an example this morning. You look at two choices, life, death, blessing, cursing. Why do we choose the cursing one so often? Why do we choose the death one so often? I'll tell you why. We haven't meditated enough in the word for our soul to become saturated. Come on. With the Word of God, because the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is the only thing that shows me the difference between that spirit, that soul. Amen. Soul there means old Adamic nature. <laughs> if that spirit, that's what I want to believe, that's what I want to stand on, that's what I want to think about, that's what I want to do. If that soul, uh-uh, I ain't going for that. Right. Come on. Amen? Right. And the Word's the only thing that does that. Yeah. So meditating on the Word is how you literally incorporate practicing renewing your mind you hear that yeah. meditating on the word is how you practice renewing your mind practice it every day why did the bible say meditate on the word day and night because then you'll know to observe to do come on amen all all that god has said joshua 1 8, 9 come on and as you do guess what you will make your way prosperous yeah. And you'll have good success. You want to know why you'll make your way prosperous? You can tell I want to preach on this. You, you want to know why you'll make your way prosperous and have good success? I'm going to tell you why. Because every time you choose spirit, guess what you choose? Life. Life. Guess what you choose? Life. Good success. Amen. Prosperous. Every time you choose soul, guess what you choose? Death. And you choose the opposite of prosperous and successful. That's right. Every time. Yeah, come on. So you got to learn to do what? Meditate on the word day and night. And that's practicing renewing your mind daily. Just like the bareback rider doing the spur and lick. Just like the bull rider doing the motions of getting his weight where it needs to be. Just like the batter in that batting cage over and over and over again. When you meditate on... Why does the Bible say now no sign of hands, no sign of hands. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't. But I will promise you this. Most of us in this room are probably not meditating on the word day and night. And in not doing so, we're not practicing renewing our mind. So I asked you this morning, right, death and life, blessing and cursing. Why do we keep choosing the the death part? Why do we keep choosing the curse part? Why, because we like the curse and death? No, because you haven't practiced enough of the Word of God meditating on Scripture so that your soul just automatically knows. Automatically. Your senses will discern good and evil. It will automatically know, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going the way of the flesh. Right? Right? Just like that that batter, man, his his body will know when that curveball comes, his body will know how to respond to that curveball. You listening? You don't respond to a curveball the way you respond to a fastball. That's right. 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 Come on. Right. Amen. You gotta train. You gotta train your body to respond differently. You you meditate on the word day and night, it don't matter what kind of pitch the devil throws at you. That's right. Amen. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Amen. You're gonna be swinging and hitting for the fence. I'll move on. told you I wasn't going to preach that long on the rest of these, so I guess I should uh, watch what I t- what I say so I don't have to repent for saying that I didn't obey what I was supposed to do. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you is not as the world gives Do I give you. Let not, let not, let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. 2A, again, we have a choice. 2B, the determining factor is what we meditate on. C, if you meditate on your fears again... And your problems, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that is going to be affecting your entire system, your entire being. One D, as simple as it may sound, as difficult as it may seem, you got to circle this statement here. As simple as it may sound, as difficult as it may seem, we must meditate on His Word day and night, or we will pay the price. Come on. You need to circle, highlight, point arrows at that because that's the key. E, verse 16, thank God for the comforter. Say thank God for the comforter. Yeah. The Holy Spirit who helps us do what? Overcome in this life. Amen. F verse 27. This is the second time. Say second time. Second time. Verse 27. It's the second time Jesus warns us of the danger of a troubled and fearful heart. Philippians 4. Right. Come on, we only got about an hour more to go. Amen. <laughs> oh, two, four Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Number three on your notes. Even the Apostle Paul teaches. Even the Apostle Paul teaches us. We should not even be anxious about the things of God. Why would anybody be anxious about the things of God? Oh, many are. Many are. Let's find out. Philippians chapter 4. You there? Listen carefully, Philippians chapter 4, we're going to get some more uh, some more answers, some more energy to help us, some more things to help us. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord what? Glory. And again I will say, rejoice. now why would you not do that? Why would you not do that? You haven't meditated on the Word enough to respond in that way when tough times come. See, listen... I will promise you, if you came to your pastor, you're going through a hardship, right? You're going through a difficulty. You come to me, pastor, pastor, oh my God, pastor, oh, pastor, oh, what to do, pastor? Bible says, rejoice. Come on. come on, but not just rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Yes. Oh, I know to do that, pastor. And we'll start rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Right. Why is it you had to come? Well, you knew to do it. Why is it you had to come and ask me? I'm gonna tell you why. Because you're not meditating enough on the Word. That it becomes an automatic response Amen. when you face those times. Amen. Now notice this, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. How do you rejoice in the Lord? How do you do that? You look at everything the Lord's done for you, and you start rejoicing at everything he's done for you. You listening? That's how you rejoice in the Lord. You rejoice in the Lord by looking at the very stripes that brought your healing. You rejoice in the Lord by looking at every drop of blood that was shed to give you victory. Come on. That's how you rejoice in the Lord. You're looking into the Lord of what he did and you're rejoicing in what he did. You're not in, You're not rejoicing in the Lord. So praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise it. No, you rejoice in the Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for every drop of blood. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm seated at the right hand of God. Thank you, Jesus, that I have the authority of all heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm a child of God because you washed me from my sin. Thank you, Jesus, you bore all disease, all sickness, all pain, all suffering. I rejoice in you. Amen. Come on. You rejoice in the Lord how often? Oh. And again I will say rejoice. let your gentleness be made known to all men. Now gentleness just refers here to forbearance. In other words, you are going to walk in love. You are not going to respond back harshly, critically or uh, harmfully, okay? You're supposed to do what? You're supposed to be rejo- you're supposed to uh, uh, respond with gentleness yeah. to all men because the Lord's at hand. Verse 6 be anxious for Nothing. Nothing. What are we talking about? Freedom from anxiety. Amen. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Nothing. But in everything, say everything, Amen. in everything by prayer and supplication. You know, it's funny because a lot of people talk about we need an intercessory group. Really? Find that in the Bible. Come on. What about the supplication group? You're not there. No. Do you know there's more talked about in relationship to prayer in the New Testament about supplication and intercession? intercession is barely mentioned in the New Testament and yet we think we've got to have all these intercessory groups. What about a supplication group? Come on. If we got to have an intercessory group having a supplication group would be just as biblical no he doesn't want you to have one focus on prayer no. That's right. He wants us to use every aspect of what we have in prayer Amen. be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what Thanks. with what Thanks. with what? So if you want, you can underline the word thanksgiving. You can draw a little line back to verse 4 because that's how you're rejoicing in the Lord. You're thanking Him for what He's done for you. With thanksgiving, you let your requests be made known to God. And? Come on. The peace of God. The peace of God. Where's that at? Holy Spirit? Peace of God which surpasses all understanding. All that you deal with or look at in the natural, what will it do? Guard your heart. And it'll guard your what? Minds. So it'll guard your spirit, man, here, but it'll also guard your mind. Guard your mind. Guard your mind from being anxious. Guard your mind from being worried. Guard your mind from being fearful. What do I need to do? Rejoice in the, what he has done. When challenges come, God's not saying that you don't address them in a biblical manner. If stuff comes that tries to get you in a position of a problem, a challenge, whatever, to get you in care, what do I need to do? Go to God. That's what he's telling you. Go to God. Bring it to God. Go into, prayer means go talk to God about it and bring it as a supplication to him, honoring what his word says in relationship to what Jesus did to make your request known to God with thanksgiving. So if I do this biblically and I make my request known to God with thanksgiving, guess what I just did? I left it there because I'm thinking, God it's already done. What big thing did you bring to God tonight? Amen? Amen. If I don't leave it with God, I'm going to wind up with the care. I'm going to wind up with anxiety. But I bring it before God with thanksgiving, knowing it's already done. And if I do it biblically, guess what I walk out with? Peace. Walk out with peace. What if I don't walk out with peace? You need to continue to seek God and draw near to God and continue to uh, take that before God until you can release it and walk away with peace. 3A, we should rest in God and in His Word. Not everything is supposed to be difficult and perplexed. 3B, on the back of your notes. 3B, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord once in a while. How do you rejoice in the Lord? Thanking Him for everything He's already done. Paul tells us twice to do it. This is one of the keys to staying in peace and out of anxiety. What if people in the midst of all of a sudden, things trying to get on them, cares trying to get on them, what if they just took time to stop right there and say, praise break. Come on. Instead of anxiety uh, uh, break, how about a praise break? Yeah. The minute I start feeling a care get on me, what should that indicate? Praise break. Amen. Time to stop, think about what God did about this, yeah. Yeah. and start praising God for it. Can I get a better amen? Amen. Tell somebody, I think you need more praise breaks. (laughs) Dr. Hagen teaches a powerful message of how to praise your way to victory. Because it keeps you in faith. It keeps you in a place of faith. Number uh, 3C, verse 6, we are to deal with everything by what? Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Prayer means you go to the Father. Supplication means you make requests from Him. And you do it with thanksgiving. So you release it, you leave it with Him. 3D, there is no reason. Say no reason. reason. There is no reason. Say no reason. reason. There is no reason. One more time, please, no reason. reason. There is no reason reason to tell others of your needs. But rather let your quest be made known to God. Philippians 4 didn't say go around and ask everybody else to help you. No, it said take it to God. You know why? Because even though if you went and asked everybody else to help you, maybe somebody did, guess what? It's not going to end the problem right. of what God would, uh, excuse me, what the enemy would do to try to bring anxiety about your life, uh, anxiety in your life about that. But guess what God does? He gets rid of the anxiety. Yes. Yes. Matthew 6. Come on, we got to hurry. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's see here. Should I do that, Lord? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Go to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Come on. Now we're going to wrap this up tonight. Psalm 1. Kathy must be hungry. She's wanting a part two. No, I'm just joking. Just teasing. (laughs) Psalms one. Being mindful. Being mindful of your time. I didn't spend a lot of extra time on the first front end of that first verse for no reason. You need those five points. So let me just touch on number four, and we'll go to number five here in just a second. Get it straight, number four, because this is clear. Worry is no different than any other sin. It has the same devastating results in your life. Treat it as such. Underline that. Treat it as such. In Matthew 6, 25 to 27, Jesus said, You and I are not to worry about food, clothing, all these things of life. Your Father knows you have need of these things. Can I get a better amen? So when Jesus said, do not worry, guess what that means? If you do, it's a sin. You're missing the mark. Well, what if I miss the mark that I'm no good, I'm horrible, I'm wretched? No, there you go. There you go. You need to lift your head up. No, you're not. No, you're not. Who hasn't missed the mark? But you know what you do? You say, I'm sorry, Father, forgive me. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to deal with this biblically and I'm going to move on. Psalm 1, I love this Psalm. Psalm chapter 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Verse 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of a sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. For me and you, that phrase law of the Lord is referring to his precepts, his teachings. Still applies to us. The law here is not just the Old Testament law of the first five books of the Bible. The law means precepts or teachings. His delight, uh, the person who's blessed, by the way. Person who's walking in the blessing. His delight is in what again? The teachings or precepts of the Lord. In his teachings and precepts, what does he do again? What does he do again? Oh, he meditates day and night. Uh What happens to this person? Verse 3, he'll be like a tree. Be like a tree planted. planted. Where? By the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Underline And whatever he does shall prosper. That word means succeed. So you know what that tells you? That tells you that getting in a position of care and anxiety and worry, guess what you're not going to do in God? You're not going to succeed. It'll rob your faith. Worry and faith cannot mix. They don't work together. I said they don't work together. So, number five on your notes, this psalm is reminding us of the simple path to new life, strength, and prosperity. 5a, again, the golden key is to do what? What did he tell us again? There you go. Meditate on the word day and night. Psalm 77. Come on, last verse for the night, and you can say, I survived another message from Pastor Baker. Praise the Lord. Psalm 77. Psalm 77. Kathy thinks I look like Johnny Cash tonight because I'm all black. Psalm 77. You know the phrase in the Bible, finally, my brethren? You know the phrase in the Bible, finally, my brethren? That's what people say when I finally quit preaching. Finally, my brethren. (laughs) Finally. Psalm 77. Number, number six, David said, David said that his heart was overwhelmed when he laid on his bed and complained. He did. Kathy's saying, no, yes, he did. She should let me preach first. David said his heart in this psalm. He said that his heart, David said it. He said his heart was overwhelmed when he did what? Laid on his bed and complained. Lay on your bed and complain, and guess what? Your heart will become overwhelmed. But it was strengthened when he meditated in the works of the Lord. Amen. Psalm 77, verse 3. If you're there, say I'm there. Amen. I remembered God. I remembered God and was troubled. Not because he remembered God, he was troubled. Now in the midst of his trouble. He remembered God, but he complained in the midst of it. Look at the rest of the verse. I complained, and my spirit was what? Let me help you. You lay on your bed at night and complain, and your, your spirit's going to be overwhelmed. You listening? Verse 4, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever and will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercy? So this is what he was talking about and complaining about to himself. And all it did is cause his heart to be further weighed down. He just reminiscing about what he went through. Verse 10. And I said, this is my anguish. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Uh-oh, he, he, he got, he, there came a shift. Come on, there came a shift. He said, I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. What's, it, what's the right hand of the Most High referred to? His power, His strength. Eleven, I will remember what? So in other words, this is what I was doing I was laying on my bed complaining to God. What Are you just leaving us here to die? What's the deal? You're not going to help us anymore? And I just complained about my God over and over again. And guess what? My heart got overwhelmed. Because none of it was true. So what did he do? I started remembering the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your whale, God, is the sanctuary. Who is so great as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. And things turned around. You listening? So again, number six, David did say that his heart was overwhelmed when he did what? Laid on his bed and complained about God. Complained about his circumstances. Complained about what was going on. But when did he gain strength? When he started meditating on the works of the Lord. 6a, singing the song of the Lord changed his overwhelmed heart to a strong heart. And so will it work for you? And I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Five things, key. Key five things to help you. To not walk anxious. Give me number one again. Lift up. Lift up, meaning what? Get your focus on God. Make sure your focus ain't on anything of this world. Wait a minute, not even other people. Number two, lift up your head, meaning what? Walk in your rightful place. Walk in who God made you to be. Walk in the light of what Scripture teaches. Number three, do what? Take heed to yourself. Better way to say it? deal with yourself. Stop trying to deal with other people. Deal with yourself. What you need to correct, what you need to change, what you need to fix. Number four, therefore watch. Don't do things that are going to weaken you spiritually. Pay attention. Do things that are going to strengthen you spiritually. Number five, pray always. always. Do what? Stay in communication with headquarters. Talk to God. Take your your cares to God. Go to Him and petition and request. And with thanksgiving, receive it done. These are five powerful, critical things. Realize how many people could be free from drugs and alcohol if they would live out those five things. Because a lot of people, when they get bound by anxiety and cares, they try to go to medicate themselves to deal with the anxiety and the care. Some do food. Some do other things. But guess what? None of that has to be your life. Because if you do those five things, guess what you'll be? What did Jesus say? Come on. I saw you. You'll be strong enough to overcome these things when they come. Can I get a better amen? amen? I think you ought to give uh, Luxmi a good hand. She yeah. got all of them. Yeah. All right, praise the Lord. Yeah. Do it, church. Yeah. Do it. You are living in perilous times. Don't take this message and say, wow, that's a good message. Glory to God. And then not go and apply it to your life. Go apply it to your life. Meditate on the Word of God is the greatest strength you can have in your life daily. Yeah. Daily yeah. to practice renewing your mind to the Word. I get a better amen. amen. And then when you're on the back of that bull and he throws you a cheap shot because you don't have time to sp- stop and think about how to react, guess what? You'll just automatically do the right thing. Right. When the devil throws you a curveball and you thought a fastball was coming. it's automatic. Serious. Amen. You listening? Yes. Because you've exercised your ability to discern good and evil, you'll know exactly how to swing to that curveball. Come on, somebody. Because reality of life is, guess what? Stuff comes at you you don't expect. But God knows. And if you'll do this, I promise you, you'll be ready. So don't just take these five things for yourself. Go teach somebody else. Go find other believers. You find another believer that's dealing with anxiety, guess what? You have five things to teach them. You're dealing with all these cares and stuff? I got your answer, darling. Uh, Let me take you to these verses and walk you through these five things. Let me show you these five things. If you'll apply them to your life, it'll work. You'll become stronger and these things won't overtake you. I keep telling you this. These messages are not just for you. They're not just for you. They're to help others as well. Stand here.